what all is coming from the other side? What type of entities are we talking about? Well, you know, we have the ghost of our loved ones. Our deceased loved ones are on the side that come through to us. We have guardian angels that I believe in quite literally because they've saved my life literally many times. So I believe we have guardian angels. We have spirit guides. We have spirit beings that are there that we don't know what they are and we don't know exactly how to classify them or to explain them. We have nature spirits. We have fairies. And I have to say that I believe in fairies because I saw one. Just like I didn't used to believe in UFOs when I was young till I had my first UFO encounter up close and personal. There's all these beings that we have. There's nature spirits. There's all of these things. Uh, people talk about gnomes and trolls and all of these things. And after what I've experienced and what I've seen, I believe a lot of that. And so there's a lot of those entities, a lot of those intelligences, a lot of those spirits out there. And, you know, everything has its own motivation. Everything has its own desire. Everything has its own reason for communicating. And we have to respect that. And we have to go into that. And again, it's, it's of utmost importance. Be respectful. Hey, Unexplained Ones. You know, it takes a lot to make a positive, truth-seeking, paranormal podcast happen. But there are lots of ways that you can support the show. Just head over to BigfootUFO.com. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Did the CIA write Wind of Change by the Scorpions? (laughs) (laughs) As humans busied themselves about the various concerns They were scrutinized and studied. Dr. Loeb, what percentage chance do you give it that you have indeed uncovered extraterrestrial or non-human technology? With infinite complacence, people went about their affairs, yet across an immense ethereal gulf, intellects vast and unsympathetic through their plans against us. Prior to your abduction, did you believe in UFOs or any sort of alien life form? All things unexplained. So some of that I think there will save for closed session. Hello, all you unexplained ones out there. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have our guests tonight. All right, folks, prepare to embark on a journey beyond the limits of the ordinary. Today, it is our pleasure to introduce a remarkable individual who has spent truly a lifetime unraveling the mysteries that lie in the shadows. His name is synonymous with the unexplained, his insights reaching into the realm of supernatural. Join us as we step into the extraordinary world of psychic investigation with none other than the renowned John Russell. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, PJ. It's so great to be here. I appreciate y'all having me. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We're so excited to have you. John began experiencing psychic and paranormal phenomena when he was five years old. Uh, and those manifestations continue to this day. You've been on Coast to Coast AM. You've been a paranormal investigator, a ghost hunter, experiencer of all kinds of things. So let's dive right into it. Tell let's us a little bit about it. how you got into this world of psychic paranormal investigation. Well, the way it started, I was about five and a half years old. I was in my bed sound asleep. 
my parents had put a nightlight in the hallway so that if I woke up at night, I had to go to the bathroom or whatever I could see. So in the middle of the night, I woke up absolutely wide awake, no drowsiness, no grogginess. And I thought, well, this is really crazy. And I just laid there in bed and I thought, well, maybe there was a noise outside, woke me up. I laid there and listened, didn't hear anything. And so I raised up on my elbows and just kind of looked around my bedroom and I looked down the hallway out my open bedroom door and around a door frame in the hallway, there was this elderly black gentleman peering around the doorway at me. And I screamed bloody murder because obviously my family's white. We didn't have anyone black living with us at the time. I don't think we even had any black friends. And as a five and a half year old, my assumption was someone's broken into the house. So that was my fright. That was my, my response. And when I screamed, the elderly black gentleman walked around the door frame into the hallway, locked eyes with me and started walking toward my bedroom. Mm. And he was not transparent. He wasn't translucent. He was every single bit as solid as you or I. I can tell you what he had on. He had this red flannel long sleeve shirt. He had khaki pants, black belt, black shoes. And I knew he was elderly because he had close cropped white hair and he had a white mustache. So I knew he was elderly. And he kept walking toward me, just solid as a rock. And I screamed again. My parents had started to come running by then. And as my parents got near to my bedroom, he began to vanish. And then he got translucent, got transparent, and then he was gone. And my parents got there, they turned the light on and I was shaking and sobbing and yelling. I said, there's somebody in the house. There's somebody in the house, even though I'd seen him vanish. And my fright was so real, my dad, went through the house, checked all the doors, checked all the windows, looked under the beds, looked in the closets. And of course we were locked up tight. There wasn't anybody there in the flesh. And then it dawned on me, I'd seen my first ghost. So I'm trying to go back to sleep. And they said they'd leave the light on for me. And I'm like, why did this guy come in the first place? Is he going to come back? Is he going to want to talk to me next time? Is he going to ask me to do something weird? What's going on here? So for the next two or three weeks of my life, I'm looking over my shoulder all the time, you know, yeah. when's this guy coming back again? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then it began to dawn on me there, uh, paranormal events started happening in my life. My parents witnessed these and other people witnessed these. And these were things that were literally occurring on the physical realm, literally manifesting physically. And somehow in my five and a half year old brain, I was able to put that together and figure out, okay, this guy didn't come to scare me to death. He came to open up this portal to these experiences that I'm having. And I don't know why, but somehow down the road, this is going to be important to my life and it's going to be important to other people's lives. And I couldn't have articulated that as a five and a half year old, right. but I understood it intuitively. And then, yeah, who would go to sleep after that experience? It was difficult for a while. And then as an outgrowth of that, as the paranormal experiences continued to, um, to expand, to develop, to occur, I was uh, close to six about that time. And I was out in the backyard playing with a toy one day, this car pulled in the driveway and I didn't know the car, didn't know the people. So I ran inside and said, mom, dad, there's somebody out in the driveway. I don't know who they are. I said, okay, we'll come check it out. So they came out and said, oh, these are friends of ours. And I'd never met them. I didn't know the people. So I said, oh, okay. So I'm goofing around with my toy and the people get out of the car and they're standing out there on the sidewalk talking to my mom and dad before they go in the house. And all of a sudden I walked over to them and I looked up at them and I said, you folks have just been on vacation. And they stopped talking. They looked down at me 
And I said, you drove that car, the car that's in our driveway, and you have two kids and you took the kids with you on vacation. They're not with you today, but you have two kids and you took them with you on this vacation. And you stayed at this hotel that had this many stories and there were these trees out front that looked like this. They were shaped like this and they were planted at regular intervals. And the hotel had this many floors to it. And then and the pool area in the back was painted like this and looked like this. Well, the lady's husband was kind of like grinning at my parents and looking back and forth at her and me and them and like, what's going on? What's going on? And she was literally bug-eyed. I mean, bug-eyed. <laughs> her jaw was agape. And she looked at my parents and she goes, how the hell could he know that? And my parents were all taken aback and nonplussed. And they were like, my mother was like, oh, you know, kids and their imaginations. And she goes, no, 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 no. This is not kids and their imaginations. How the hell could he possibly know that? And my parents didn't really know what to say. And she said, that's what we were coming to tell you is about the vacation we just took. And we drove our car. We took our two kids. The hotel we stayed at was exactly like John described. How the hell could he possibly know that? And my parents were like, mm, I, I, I don't know. John, go play. And I was like, okay, nice to meet you folks. And off I went. I scared them so bad they never came back to visit my parents again. And so that was when I discovered that the psychic gift had kicked in along with these paranormal experiences. And then I discovered that not only could I read people's minds, see where they had been, see what they were doing, see what they were doing now and what they were feeling. I could also accurately predict their futures and what I predicted would happen. So that's when it all began. That's incredible. So it sounds like those experiences continued for you and you have now used those tools for psychic investigation. Tell us a little bit about what psychic investigation is exactly. Well, you know, I started doing that paranormal investigation when I was about 11. <clears throat> Pardon me. And what really uh, inspired that in me was by the time I had, had reached 11 years old, I'd had this tremendous amount of paranormal experiences that had manifested in the physical realm. My psychic gift was growing and I had always been this voracious reader with really good comprehension. And because of my psychic gift, I had this really good insight into things. And I put those two things together and I began to observe that in church in the spiritual realm, the psychic realm, the paranormal realm, there were a lot of frauds, a lot of fakes and a lot of phonies and a lot of shenanigans that went on. And so I began to say, okay, I got to sort this out. I got to go through this maze and I got to figure out what's real, what isn't, what works, what doesn't, what is a matter of superstition or ritual or dogma or tradition. And if that works great, and if it doesn't, got to get rid of it. Got to move on and find out what the truth is, what works, what isn't, what's real, what isn't. And then in the spiritual realm, there's a lot of people that misinterpret the things that they experience. And my desire was to examine things when people said we're having this experience or that experience or this thing. I wanted to examine it and see if they really were or if it was just nothing going on and they were just imagining things, which sometimes people do, or if there was something happening, but they were misinterpreting it. Because a lot of times people's knee jerk reaction to paranormal experiences is that it's malevolent, it's demonic, it's satanic, it's harmful, it's dangerous or whatever, which is the furthest thing from the truth. So I, I just had this burning desire to get into that, to expose the phonies, to expose the, uh, the false 
uh, teachings to expose the false ideas to get down to the nitty-gritty of what really was going on and that became a burning desire that's continued to this day really and so from the time you were 11 you started this and you've yeah. made a career out of it correct yeah and then uh, i started reading doing psychic readings for my friends and family when i was about 15 and by the age of 18 i was reading professionally and now i've read for professionally for over 50 years and read for clients in over 40 countries and i still read uh, full-time for a worldwide clientele so how would you say that your readings and your psychic investigations and paranormal investigations differ from traditional paranormal research what what takes you to the next level there well you know one of the things that i do in my psychic readings particularly I even have a, a disclaimer on my website that says you may not like my readings because I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you the truth as the other side gives it to me. And that's been borne out over the years in my insights, my investigations, my predictions for people. And my clients have given me a, an 85 to 95% accuracy in my readings, even with my predictions. So that differs a little bit. One of the things I do, like I say, I don't filter the input I get in readings through my experiences or through my my beliefs or my biases or my prejudices or whatever. I give it to you as the other side gives it to me. Period. End discussion. I'm not going to put my twist on it. I'm not going to put my take on it. And a lot of people do that. They'll receive pretty good information, but then they'll run it through their bias that, you know, they'll get a bit of information and then they'll twist it with, I think you should do this, or I don't think you should do that, or I don't think you should be with this person. So I don't do that. I don't put any bias into it. And then likewise with the paranormal investigations, when I go into that, it's like, okay, let me tune in to who or what is here, why they're doing this manifestation, what they want to communicate and then get that. And is there anything they need me to do? Is there anything I need them to do? <laughs> is there some particular reason that they're at that place at that time for a particular length of time or whatever? So paranormal investigation to me is about communication. And I always tell people when you go in, you set up a REM pod uh, or some other piece of equipment and you get a demonstration that a spirit's there. They set the REM pod off. You've got just that, a demonstration. You haven't gotten a communication. Somebody set it off, but who set it off? Why did they set it off? Why are they there? What message do they have for you? And so for that, you've got to, you've got to go into it with that attitude and understand that if there's a spirit there, they're going to have a, a means to communicate with you. If you're tuned into that, or if you're able to receive that, and they're going to have a message most times, not just a demonstration. And then I differ from all these other, like the so-called ghost hunters on TV that go in and curse the ghosts and challenge the ghosts and all that nonsense, which is hideous. It's horrible. It's a terrible thing to do. Don't do that. Go into paranormal investigation with respect. You're dealing with an intelligent being, an intelligent entity. If it's someone that's crossed from this side to the other side, they still have their personality, their sense of humor, their will, their memory, whatever. So you're dealing with an intelligence. Respect that. If you're dealing with a non-human entity, you're dealing with an entity that may be way wiser, smarter, stronger than you are. Respect that and go into it with that attitude and then go into it to see what's there. And don't ask them to perform like dancing monkeys. 
you know, when you go in and if you're using a REM pod and you say, is anyone here, if you can give me the evidence that you're here by setting off the REM pod, give me that sign. And they do, then don't go do it again, do it again. Can you do it again? Do it again, do it again. <laughs> you know, they're not trained monkeys. You know, they're intelligences and they're beings just like we are. And in some cases, they're the spirits of those, the ghosts of those that have crossed over that are hanging around for whatever particular reason. So those are some of the differences I have that that uh, other people don't. So, John, when you say that you're getting these readings from the other side and you mentioned spirits and you mentioned maybe people who have crossed over, mm-hmm. what all is coming from the other side? What type of entities are we talking about? Well, you know, we have the, the ghost of our loved ones. Our deceased loved ones are on their side that come through to us. We have guardian angels that I believe in quite literally because they've saved my life literally many times. So I believe we have guardian angels. We have spirit guides. We have spirit beings that are there that we don't know what they are and we don't know exactly how to classify them or to explain them. Um, we have nature spirits. We have fairies and i have to say that i believe in fairies because i saw one my daughters will be very excited to hear that (laughs) and i (laughs) I didn't really know if i believed in them or not till i saw one fly over my house one night up close and personal and i was like well son of a gun there it is i gotta believe in it just like i didn't used to believe in ufos when i was young till i had my first ufo encounter up close and personal (laughs) with witnesses in daylight and then i had to go okay yeah there they are so um, there's all these beings that we have. There's nature spirits. There's all of these things. Uh, people talk about gnomes and trolls and all of these things. And after what I've experienced and what I've seen, I believe a lot of that. And so there's a lot of those entities, a lot of those intelligences, a lot of those spirits out there. And, you know, everything has its own motivation. Everything has its own desire. Everything has its own reason for communicating. And we have to respect that and we have to go into that. And again, it's it's of utmost importance when you're going into a situation to investigate or whether you're just getting the contact on your own from, from someone from the other side. Be respectful. That's the big thing. If I could if I don't leave any anything with anybody else but that, be respectful. So it sounds like you're you're communicating with several different types of of beings. Can you share with us a time where your psychic abilities have provided unique insights into some sort of unexplained phenomenon? Yeah, the uh, let's go back to the ferry. I was sitting out one night and uh, clear night, and from across the street we had a, a bird cage that I was sitting out in here in Florida. And, and it was a starry night. I, I like to sit out and look at the stars and watch the UFOs and communicate with the nature spirits, whatever else goes on. And from across the street at our neighbor's house, right over their rooftop, just grazing their rooftop almost, came this glowing object flying straight toward my house. And I was like, okay, what is this? And I sat up and looked. And as it got closer, it was a glowing winged person. <laughs> I think Tinkerbell about three foot long or so. And it had <laughs> wide. Oh, three feet long. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, was, it was large size and glowing. It was like, I don't know if it was lit from within or I don't know if it had a glowing aura around it, but it was glowing and you could see its features clearly. You could see the wings, you could see everything. 
And I was like, son of a gun. And I was so shocked it flew over before I could. And I, as after it flew over, I said, hey, hey, come back here, come back here. And doggone it, it didn't. But uh, that was one instant. Uh, another thing, there was some type of intelligence. You know, I believe in plant intelligence and tree intelligence and all these other things. And now scientists are beginning to document that. You know, back in the day, it was we weirdos who thought about that. And, oh, you're, you're crazy then, blah, blah, blah. And now scientists are beginning to say trees have memory, trees have intelligence, plants have intelligence, so on and so forth. And these are mainstream scientists that are discovering that. So one time I was, I, I did a lot of hiking and I was walking through one of the state forests and there was, uh, we have a saw palmetto here in Florida, which is a small type of palm. And uh, there was a, a young growth, maybe a couple of feet high or so. And as I was walking down the trail, I could see it and it, it was waving back and forth like this on the steady arc. And it wasn't wavering or blowing around like the wind was blowing it around. It was just on the steady arc back and forth. And it was really rocking, really going fast. So I was like, what in the world is all this about? And there was absolutely, uncharacteristically for Florida, there was absolutely no wind that day. I mean, none, no wind. And so I got closer to it and it was bending back and forth on its stem so strongly that it was making a clicking noise like a metronome. It was like click, 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 click. I was like, okay. So I walked over to it and I knelt down on my knee and I was looking to see if there was a snake or a bug or a bird or whatever that could be responsible for this motion. There was nothing. The plant was intact. It was just waving on this arc back and forth, tick, 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 tick. I was like, okay. So I stood up and I said, all right, guys. I said, well, you know, here I am. Here you are. You're communicating with me. I appreciate that. I talk to the nature spirits all the time. And I said, I really appreciate this demonstration. If you have any particular message for me, I'm receptive to that. And I sat there a little bit, nothing. And I said, okay, well, I'll leave you with a blessing and I'll go on down the road here. So I walked on down the nature trail, looked back. And every time I look back, it's still going, still ticking. And I got down to the end of the trail, turned around, came back. And as I got closer and I could see it again, it's still on that same arc. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. And I was like, holy cow, and not a bit of wind. And uh, I got up there and I looked at it again, examined it again. You'd expect, now, now it's been going like by half, about half an hour, right? So you would think, okay, the stem has got to be fraying and coming apart. There's got to be some damage to the stem because of this activity. And I got down on my knees again, looked at the stem. The stem's perfectly intact. It just wrinkles a little bit where it bends, but the stem's perfectly intact. It's not fraying. It's not coming apart. So I was like, okay, well, I, I appreciate this communication. God bless you. <laughs> I'm going to go on. I bless you. Give me a blessing. And as I walked on down the trail to get to my motorcycle and ride on again, I looked back and it was still going 90 to nothing. So uh, I've experienced all kinds of things like that out of nature, uh, nature spirits, various beings, various entities that uh, it's, it's been quite exciting. It's been, been, been very unusual. Was any of your abilities ever put you in danger? No, no, never, never. Uh, that's, um, that's one thing that I try and get people to understand. And that's one of the greatest things that, uh, that people, especially people that read my books, will leave reviews for me and say, you know, you've not only demystified interacting with the paranormal and being psychic and so on and so forth, but you've relieved me of the danger 
my concept of the danger of it and made me understand that I can exercise my gifts, develop my gifts, that I can communicate with the other side without danger. But no, I've, I've never been in danger. Um, the people that I've talked to that have, you know, people love to go on paranormal investigations and be scratched and bitten and threatened and pushed and poked and things thrown at them. I've done a bajillion paranormal investigations. I've never had that happen, never been threatened, never felt threatened never experienced anything bad. And I think a lot of these people either have an overactive imagination, uh, they do something to themselves that they don't realize, and then uh, chalk that up to something paranormal, or they go in with a goosey attitude and a fearful attitude to begin with, so anything that happens is automatically scary or fearful or whatever. But uh, I've done a bajillion paranormal investigations. I've had way over a thousand paranormal manifestations in my life on the physical realm. A lot of times other people have witnessed those, experienced them with me. We've caught them on camera. We've caught them on video. We've caught them on audio. And I've never had anything that, uh, that, that I felt fearful about. So it sounds like you've had many communications, <laughs> many signs. Lots. Has, um, how have you used those signs in your career or to help others or to answer questions? That's a good question. Um, the things that I have experienced, I've learned lessons from those experiences uh, because I didn't just experience it, I ruminated on it afterward. And I said, okay, it was a fantastic experience. What have I learned from that? What does that mean? And how can that improve my life? And then how can I use that as a teaching model for others and to help them improve their lives, to be healthier, to be more prosperous, to overcome fear, to have a better connection with the other side? So that's how I've always approached everything. And in my readings, uh, my readings are practical. They're not pie in the sky by and by. I, I don't want to impress you uh, by telling you what back pocket your wallet's in. Uh, if you want to know that, all you got to do is reach in your back pocket and, and figure <laughs> out where your wallet's at. Uh, and I actually had somebody ask me that one time as a test question, which of course I refused to answer. Uh, my readings, even though they do involve the invisible realm and do involve communications, with spirits and with the deceased loved ones and do involve predictions, they're nonetheless very practical. I want to take you, I don't want to scare you. I don't want to impress you. I don't want to blow your hair back. I want to give you something constructive that you can use in your life to improve your life, to live a better life, to be healthier, to be happier, to be more prosperous, to feel like you're receiving intuitive guidance from the other side that's helpful to you. I want to tell you how to get in touch with your guardian angels and develop that input that intuitive guidance and that's one of the reasons i wrote my third book which is out now 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities is um, these are things that people ask me in my readings over the years how do i do this how do i do that how can i increase this how can i get better at that i thought you know i gotta sit this down and, and put it in a book and in writing this book you know there's there's so much rigmarole out there if you're going to use a magical technique you've got to shave your hair wear purple, cut a willow branch on the third full moon of the year at midnight, and then speak these words and, you know, <laughs> nonsense. No, you don't. I stripped all the dogma, the idiocy, the ritual, all this junk away from these processes and said, okay, here it is. This is how it works. This is how you learn it. This is how you get good at it. And then here's the real world application of it. And so everything has to be practical. Everything has to have a meaning. Everything has to help us.
Wonderful. For those that are just joining us, we are speaking with psychic investigator and paranormal researcher, John Russell. John, where can our listeners find your books? Uh, my books are available at all the major booksellers online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, and a lot of other booksellers out there as well, a lot of independents. Um, each book, also, I built a website for each book. So my first book, Writing with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, you can go to writingwiththeghosts.net. My second book, A Knock in the Attic, is anockintheattic.net. And the third book, which is just out now, uh, is 20ways.net, and that's 20 spelled out. So T-W-E-N-T-Y, ways, 20ways.net. And then that tells you about each book. Uh, they've been endorsed by uh, Uri Geller, George Norrie, Phyllis Caldy, publisher of Fate Magazine, Mike Ricksecker, a lot of people. I've got a lot of really great endorsements, a lot of good reviews. All that's there. They've all won a lot of awards. Uh, the, the latest book, uh, was a bestseller on Amazon in uh, three categories when it came out at the Barnes & Noble Top 100 bestseller list. So I'm, I'm really thrilled with those, and they contain a lot of good information. Excellent. We'll have to check those out. Yes. All right, Tim, you want to dive into some of the uh, science and supernatural? Oh, thanks, CJ. And this is Dr. Mounts, and you're listening to All Things Unexplained. You might be listening to wherever you listen to podcasts at, where I own all major podcast platforms. You might be watching live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. And it takes a lot to make a podcast happen. There are a few ways you can help us out. One is if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can subscribe or follow our station and make sure to like and comment as well. That really helps us out a lot. You know, we talk about everything from Bigfoot to UFOs to astrophysics and everything in between. So if that sort of thing is for you, Please follow, subscribe, like, and comment. Another way you can help us out, visit our link tree at linktree.com slash ATU podcast. There you will find lots of ways you can help us out, including our Venmo, our PayPal. We're on Cameo. You can get Unexplained Swag. You can also go straight to unexplainedswag.com for that. And CJ, you're wearing some Unexplained Swag tonight, by the way. That's right. I am. I need to adjust my camera, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so... As a lot of our podcast friends will tell you, it takes a lot to to make this show happen, and we really appreciate you, and we can use your help. Thanks. And we're so honored to have special guests like John Russell on with us tonight. And John, we had another comment from a friend of the show, Chrissy, on, and she's on, on YouTube, Chrissy with Nine Lives Energy, and she is well worth the follow. She does a lot of great things over there. And she said, when I was younger, I used to feel like in a past life, I was persecuted for being a witch. When I would go to church, as I have gotten older, I realized this may have happened. And Chrissy at Nine Lives Energy deals a lot with energy work and healing. And John, I believe that you've done some energy work and healing as well. Yeah, I've had, that's not my forte, I've been able to do it and I've been able to do it successfully in a lot of cases, but my primary thing is my psychic gift. I don't restrict myself to any one area. It's just that that's my forte and healing is kind of a secondary thing, but I've had some really phenomenal experiences uh, performing healing. Uh, one of the, uh, I think the most amazing was uh, I was without a car for a period of time, so I took the city bus. And um, there was a guy I kind of struck up a friendship with when he got on the bus and he had just had back surgery. 
and he was like in this this full body full torso brace and he was on a cane and all this and and just not doing worth a damn and uh, when he would come and, and sit on the bus he'd sit in the seat in front of me and we'd talk and when the bus got going he'd turn around and I'd take my hands and put them up on the seat back and transmit healing energy into his back while we were en route on the bus unbeknownst to him so I did that for like a week or so and then one morning when he came to get on the bus he didn't have his brace on he still had his cane but he was hardly using it and he was real spry and he hopped up the steps to the bus and the bus driver looked at him and said holy cow what happened to you and he said man I don't know he said my doctor told me he's never seen anybody make this kind of a recovery this quick and do this well and I was like aha there you go I used to uh, could heal people's headaches instantly like if they had a, a bad headache or even a migraine I could put my hands on their head and in 10-15 seconds the headache could be completely gone uh, one of the funniest things that happened this um, and I write about this in, in one of my books and this buddy of mine I stayed with for a while before I went up to uh, to New York to be with my wife uh, we would uh, we were drinking buddies and we went to this uh, Chili's bar and we were regulars there we hung out there all the time and we knew everybody we knew all the managers we knew all the wait staff and the wait staff were mostly young college kids and we were good friends with all of them so we were sitting there at the bar and this this gal we knew come in one of the waitresses came in and she flopped down on the bar and she goes my god look at my lip and she had this goiter this monster <laughs> fever blister this cold sore right and uh, and you know even with medicine when they first start you start putting medicine on it they take two or three weeks to go away if you're lucky and this thing was gigantic it was like huge she said my god look at me i'm a monster it looks like a goiter and we were trying not to laugh but we were laughing because it was huge and uh, i said uh, let, let me do something she said what and i said well just just let me i want to transmit some energy into that if you don't care She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And so I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I explained it to her. So right here in the, the middle of this crowded bar, <laughs> I'm putting my finger about an inch or so, half an inch or so from this, this huge, gigantic fever blister. And I'm transmitting this energy into it. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, why? And she goes, it's feeling hot and tingling. And I said, well, that's good. That's okay. Just, just hang in. Let me, let me finish here. So I get done and she goes, what was that? What did you do? And I said, oh, it's an old Indian trick. I just passed it off that way. And uh, so she went on about her job. And then the next night, my buddy and I are in there again at the bar. She came running up to the bar, flopped down and goes, my God, look at my lip. And it was completely, totally healed. Totally oh smooth. My gosh. Not a scratch, not a mark, nothing. And uh, so that was, that was one of the more more comical, I guess, but effective uh, effects of, uh, of healing that I've been able to do. That's amazing. We're speaking yeah. to Arthur, paranormal researcher, psychic investigator, John Russell, who's with us tonight. John, what do you attribute that to? You know, is it is it something special that only certain people have got in them, or is it something that's deep within all of us, but just untapped? What, what do you attribute you know, well, I think special all, you know, abilities too. Yeah, that's a question I'm asked all the time. And people always ask, is everybody psychic or does everybody have these abilities? And yes, we do. But I may take piano lessons for five years and barely be able to play chopsticks. Some young kid at five years old may hear Beethoven on the radio and sit down and play it on the piano and then 
take lessons, grew up to become a concert pianist that plays so well with so much emotion that brings tears to our eyes. So it's the same way with psychic ability and everything else, healing and everything else. We all have that ability to a degree and we can tap into that and train it as far as it'll go, but people are going to plateau. People are going to be able to go further than others. Not everybody's going to be able to experience and, and do and, and perform everything that I've done over my lifetime, but everybody can train what they have to a degree. And that's another reason I wrote the third book is to say, okay, look, everybody has this. And people are always like, I'm as, I'm as thick as a brick. I don't feel nothing. I don't, I don't see nothing. I don't do nothing. And for those people, I, I say, look, you don't have to know anything. I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to lead you step by step. And I'm going to tell you how to increase your abilities in all of these areas. And if you practice it, if you put in the effort, it'll work. And then it's up to that person how far they want to take it and their own natural limitations of it. Just like, you know, I always wanted to be a top marathon runner, but I had asthma and COPD and all kinds of health issues since I was a kid. So for me, that's not happening. But somebody else, you know, they, they're a distance runner in high school and go into college and boom, they're the next marathon champion. So we all have our niches. We all have our thing that uh, we can and can't do. So the same thing with psychic abilities, you're going to find your, your level and uh, whatever that is, be glad you can achieve that and be glad you can do that. I think that's a great answer. And I think you're saying there's still a chance for Smitty to make the pro pickleball tour. So Smitty. <laughs> I don't think so. Todd's in Florida. I bet he's got some pickleball around him. After, after uh, blowing we're out my, my Achilles tendon, I'm out on that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, where, where we're at, we don't have pickleball around us, thankfully. I hear it's pretty noisy. So. <laughs> hey, I can hear it from my house. Peck, peck, peck. Oh, jeez. But... John, I have to tell you, you know, listening to your first experience when you were five years old, right. it really brought to my mind, and I was seeing this as you were talking about it, and I wonder if you've yeah. ever thought about it, the famous story by Stephen King, the famous movie by Stanley Kubrick, The Shining, mm-hmm. the little boy Danny, and they call it The Shine in the movie, you know, right. his special abilities, and I couldn't help but think about that, and he, he starts seeing, you know, what we might dub ghosts and such in the book and the movie. Have, have you ever thought about that or, or has anybody ever brought it up? No, uh, they haven't. Uh, I, I guess it would be a, uh, a close analogy, but uh, the only thing is in here, I want to tell people that uh, since you bring up the horror movies and that, that genre, uh, people tend to actually think that horror movies are a real representation of what it's like to have a psychic or paranormal ability or interact with the other side. And it's not, it's not anything like that. Um, the exorcist, I think did us one of the biggest disservices, uh, with the Ouija board. You know, you mentioned the Ouija board, people (laughs) automatically, Oh my God. Oh my God. The Ouija board. And what I tell people, what's so funny is if, somebody mentions using a Ouija board, you're going to recoil in horror. But if you mention, oh, let's get a tarot deck and use that, or let's use a pendulum, or let's use dowsing wads, or let's use a crystal ball, or let's use this, or let's use that, nobody has a problem. What they don't understand, you are using the exact same energy in the exact same way, regardless of whatever tool or technique you're using to connect with the other side. It's all the same thing. 
I've used a Ouija board without any difficulty since I was in my teens. I still do. I have a chapter on it in my new book and uh, tell you how to do it. And I've gotten very useful information from it. The Ouija board's old. It goes back a long ways. And there are things uh, in history that are very similar to it that people have done. And, uh, you know, if you go into anything with a mindset that it's demonic or scary or frightening or harmful, that's going to be your experience, whether anything really happens or not, because you're going to talk yourself into it. You're going to make yourself experience that. Um, and so I say in my book, if any of these techniques frighten you, don't do it. <laughs> if you're scared, if you're scared of tarot cards, don't buy a tarot deck and use a tarot. You know, I had a. This is exactly why I don't watch scary movies or go to haunted houses. Or... Yeah, if it scares you, don't do it. If it makes you uncomfortable, don't do it. I had a. Uh, speaking of tarot cards, I've, I've used the tarot since I was oh god, 12, 13, 14, 15. and uh, love the tarot deck because being an artist and a photographer, I love the art. And uh, the tarot decks have an intrinsic power and intrinsic ability, and I connect with that and use that. And uh, I was at a, uh, a psychic fair. I used to do a lot of big psychic fairs, and I was at one in Austin, and I had my tarot card spread out there before me, and I was doing readings, and I was waiting for my next uh, my next client. And this lady walked by, and she went, ooh, tarot cards, and she almost ran. And I was like, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I said, what, what in the world was that all about? So she had the Ouija board reaction to the tarot cards. And I said, what was this all about? And she said, oh, God. She said, I, I went to this old woman that claimed to be a, an old gypsy woman or something or whatever. And she used the tarot cards. And I said, yeah, I am. And, oh, God, she she foresaw all these horrible things and, and predicted all these horrible things and told me all these horrible things. And I said, okay. Now, pause a minute. I said, did any of those come true? She said, what? I said, did any of those happen? And she sat there a minute. She goes, oh, no. And I said, okay, you've been living your life in fear of this and in fear of these tarot cards for all this time. And nothing that woman told you ever even came to pass. And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So then she sat down, had a reading with me and I explained some more things with her, gave her a real good reading and it was okay. But we fall into these traps of scaring ourselves or allowing other people to scare us or allowing other people to tell us, you're going to open a portal you can't close. You're going to get a demon. You're going to get an attachment. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. That's not the way it works, folks. That's not the way it happens. And uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but these shows that you see on TV, they're not real. That's not a real representation of interaction with the other side. One of the most famous personages on these shows has this year been called out for faking things. Uh, I have it from the horse's mouth from some of the on-air talent that have been on these shows that the producers have said, when we hit this spot, can you work up a cry? Can you scream and run out of the room? Can you do this? So look, folks, it's not an accurate representation of how it really is to interact with the other side. That's good news. And especially for CJ, because we usually don't see CJ from October 1st to October 31st. <laughs> I live in fear. What a terrible way Pretty to live. Pretty much confined to her house. So <laughs> and, until all of those Don't fear, CJ. Don't fear. There's, there's nothing out there. Don't fear the Did reaper. you even cut the lights out for the trick-or-treaters or not? <laughs> She's the Miseliota, which, lady, ironically, that the kids are afraid to go to. Now... <laughs> Football zombies scare me so much. 
John, Tim was telling me that you've had a UFO experience. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you, I've, I've had a couple of them that are just totally mind-blowing. The first one, um, it's, it's a little bit long, if you don't mind the length of it, but it's, it's relevant the way it comes about because there was also a paranormal component to it. And this was when I was, I guess, in my late teens, around 20, somewhere around in there. And I had been reading professionally since I was 18. I had had, by then, a plethora of physical paranormal manifestations. I did not believe in UFOs. I had seen the interviews. I'd read the stories, read the books, read the magazines. Nope, 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 nope. Hate buying it. Don't believe it. Uh Uh-uh. So I was uh, coming out of this building one day. And uh, this is back in West Texas where I grew up. And this blast of wind, this gust of wind hits me in the face as soon as I come out. And I look up and it's overcast and the clouds are blowing dark. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. We're in for one of our thunderstorms, maybe even a tornado. You know, we're in the tip end of Tornado Alley. And and uh, West Texas weather is incredibly violent. You know, baseball, softball size hail. Uh, you know, all kinds of damaging winds, even when there's not a tornado, so on and so forth. So uh, my car is parked across this narrow two-lane street in this parking lot over here. I can see the car from where I'm standing. I'm like, boy, I better run from my car before it hits. And what stops me from running for my car is there is this column, this cloud that's in a column coming down attached to the clouds above that's sitting in the parking lot by my car, touching the bottom of the, the, touching the pavement, touching the parking lot. And it's about three, four, five feet in diameter. And I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, okay, it's not a tornado because we'd all be going to hell by now. And it's not a dust devil. What is this? And as I'm watching it and it's churning and it's rotating and it's it's boiling and roiling and but I noticed something really, really strange. There's debris in the parking lot, like paper cups that are squished flat and pieces of paper and this and the other that are around the base of the cloud. So with it rotating, all this wind, everything else, all this should be blowing around or circulating around this cloud and all the debris is perfectly still around the cloud. So this makes no sense. So I'm like, okay, my first thought I have is because I'm seeing this this way and I'm being totally serious. I said, okay, at the tender young age of 20, whatever I was, I've had a stroke and and I'm I'm hallucinating. (laughs) I've gone nuts. This is it. When all this passes over, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to say, "Hey, man, I'm 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 having these problems." And then the compound things. There's these glowing orbs about the size of a volleyball that all up and down the length of this cloud start emerging and then receding back in. And they're phosphorescent, glowing colors. They're red and yellow and orange and green and purple. I'm like, okay, I have lost the plot. I have lost the farm. And then I get this overwhelming, bizarre urge to walk toward the cloud. I'm like, well, I'm nuts. Why not? I'll, I'll just be crazy. Sure. Why not? Let's go toward the cloud. you and I are very different. Yeah. Yeah. So I walk toward the cloud and the cloud advances in the parking lot towards me. I stop and it stops. I back up and it backs up. I said, okay. So I walk toward the cloud again. It walks toward me and I back up and it backs up. So I'm standing there pondering that, and I'm up by the door of the building, and this the door opens, whacks me in the back, and this buddy of mine comes out, and he goes, oh, man, I'm sorry, what are you doing standing there so close to the door? And before I can even answer, he looks up the sky, and he goes, oh, boy, looks like we're in for it, huh? And then he looks over in the parking lot, and he goes, 
What in the world is that? And my first reaction is, thank God I'm not nuts. He sees it too. I'm not crazy. So I tell him, yeah, but watch this. And I walk toward the cloud. It moves toward me. I stop and it stops. I back up, it backs up. Do that a few times. I look at him. I say, isn't that the craziest thing you've ever seen? He looks at me like I'm the craziest thing he's ever seen. He's like, bye. He's out of there. He's, he's freaked out. His car's parked the opposite way. So he runs the opposite direction, leaves me alone with this thing. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do now? So all of a sudden it rises back up into the clouds above. I'm like, and the clouds start to move over. I'm like, okay. So I run for my car. I get in, light me a cigarette, turn on the radio. I'm like, what in the world was that? So I pull out start to drive and I have to tell you I know this town literally like the back of my hand still do today so I know where every block is every street is every store is and uh, we had a Sears store downtown at the time and I had the best sporting goods department on the entire planet man I used to love to go down there and look at (laughs) At Sears yeah best sporting goods Ted Williams fishing rods oh my god (laughs) to be continued Thanks, like, share, follow, comment, subscribe, support. What's your hot take on Travis Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) I've got an exclusive for you guys if you want it about the Alaska. We do. Okay, okay. More at BigfootUFO.com. All things unexplained. So some of that I think, sir, will save for post session.